from the iPhone. Bear with me. It's a pretty good interview. Today's topic is uh, having a gimmick, uh, something that makes you stand out. If you've never seen Amir, he's got a guitar with him, and he's hilarious with and without the guitar. So anyways, let's hear his opinions and thoughts, and enjoy the show. Also, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and all that good stuff. Follow us on social media. Yes, Johnny. <laughs> Thanks for asking. 
it's a bad question. But I've actually had one person tell me yes, and then like two minutes later they get off the, the call because like I don't do that. Like, so I have now I have to say a bunch of reasons. Okay. All right. Uh, so the second, the first thing I want to know because um, I've I've only met you, well, I've known with you a few times, but only been here a couple months now. Mm. Um, and I ask everybody this: I want to know your origin story. Like, what made you say I'm gonna do comedy? And then I want to hear your first time on stage, how it went, how you felt. So <laughs> give me the deets. Oh man, well, how far back should I go? Because I had a an attempt at comedy in junior high. I attempted it again in my uh, early 20s as a musician, and then I didn't really embrace it till like uh, later on in my early 30s, and I was just like, okay, I, I, and I was like committed to the cause. Okay, so you had three reboots. Okay. Yeah. All right, excellent. <laughs> uh, give me, give me, I guess, give me the one, maybe the one I really said like this is a, this is why I wanted to comment. Give me that whole story. All right, all right, let's go with the one that solidified it. So, um, I remember I was going through a period of my life where I was not focused on making it as a musician anymore. I was over it. Um, I gave myself like 10 years to really becoming like a touring musician that was in a band and wrote songs, was in the studio and touring the world. And I felt like I I was I had moments of success but it wasn't like anywhere close to where I wanted to be. So I was like, all right, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna barbecue and drink whiskey and fuck bitches. And that was like my new goal in life. <laughs> you know, I just wanted to keep it simple and enjoy my cigarettes and and my Jameson, my Crown Royale whatever and then and then I thought about like oh you know stand up comedy is like the scariest in the world that I've always wanted to try and um, I was always just fascinated with watching live stand up comedy I remember like seeing Chris Pelea before he was famous I was just like wow that guy is a fucking genius <laughs> still feel that way? <laughs> I still think he's hilarious I do he's like he's like one of my favorite people to watch live uh, uh, it's unfortunate what happened to him. I don't know if it's true or not. I hope it's not. I hope, I hope he's innocent because he's, he's, he's got talent. Um, but yeah, man, so I was thinking about it and I made the mistake of telling some friends like, hey, I'm thinking about trying stand-up. And you know how friends are. They're like, you're, you're not funny. <laughs> That's what they all say. You're not funny and don't try it. So I didn't try it for a while and then and then I saw um, a flyer for like uh, a free comedy class. I was like, ooh, that looks interesting. So I was in Santa Monica, saw it in the alley, and so I took a picture of it. I was like, I'm gonna check that out. And then uh, when I went to the free class, um, his name was Greg Dean. I was like, hey, Greg. I was like, what if you're just like kind of funny? Like, can you like get funnier? Like, if you're not like naturally really funny? And he was like, hell yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like a muscle. You got to work it out. I was like, dude, I love working out. This is, <laughs> this is that's exactly right my alley. I, I work out all the time. I can, I can work the funny bone. He's like, he's like, all right. And so I took his, like, it was a writing class. So I was writing and then like, they kind of like teach you how to like do some stand up. And then I was like, oh, I really like this. And then 
and then I took his advanced course and where you actually do stand up. And like I was totally just putting my, you know, dipping my toes in the water at that point. And then after like a few months, maybe like, I don't know, maybe six months of doing that, um, I just jumped all in the stand up. I just started going, I stopped taking classes and I just started doing open mics, like a gang of them every night, every night of the week I was just hitting it hard and just committed to getting funnier and funnier. And, uh, so, yeah, that's how I got started, man. Okay. All right, I was professionally trained at the very beginning, uh, the very beginning. Cool. What was that first open mic, though? Um, well, the next, let me ask you, the, so, and you said, like, junior high, you did, was like a talent show? Uh, yeah, you okay. nailed it. It was a talent show. I, I just learned how to play guitar. And uh, <laughs> I thought I had the talent to sing and play guitar in front of the whole school, and I did not. But I thought I did. And so I tried playing Jimi Hendrix in the auditorium of like 200 kids. And uh, they didn't give me a microphone, they just had my electric. And so I was like, oh, I better, I better like be really loud when I sing. So I started playing like Purple Haze. And I, and I started screaming the lyrics, like, You weren't even singing, you just screaming. I was screaming. And the whole class just, like, erupted in laughter. They thought it was, like, the funniest thing they ever seen. And, but inside, I was crying, because I was like, no, like, I'm really trying to perform. It was like more like an impromptu comic. I, I didn't think, I didn't know I was, why it was funny. I just thought they were laughing at me. And so I, I got really butthurt by that. And then that experience made me want to come back the next year and do funny stuff on stage. And I was funny. Okay. And I don't know why I didn't pursue it after that. I just kind of just, I just started being a class clown for the next, through high school and everything. That's, I think that's what launched my class, my, yeah. Class clown career. That's what launched that. All right, awesome. And then the second time, you're like in your 20s. Yeah, so in my 20s, I was in a band called Concept. It was a funk rock band. And um, the, it was me and this like OG crip that I met fresh out of out of prison. And like at first, like he, he always he always recalls this conversation when we first met because uh, I met him in the hood, and he was just out there uh, smoking a joint. And my buddy introduced me to him, and then next thing we know, we we're talking music, and he's a bass player, and he's a songwriter, and I'm like, yeah, I'm a guitar player. And he's like, all right, let's team up. And so we did. And so he was writing all these like gangster ass lyrics to like funk rock music. And I was like, oh, this is different. And so I was really into it. And we uh, we formed a band together and we started doing shows all over LA. Uh, we did little mini tours around California. We recorded a small album together. And at one point uh, we did a show in uh, Van Nuys, California. And I had this joke I really wanted to tell. <laughs> and I was like, hey, hold on. <laughs> in between like the third song and the fourth song, I thought it was a joke. I was like, yeah, you're gonna love it. And so I uh, I tell this joke. I don't remember. I wish I remember it. I want to hear it. I really wish I remember it. Uh, and I tell it, and it bombs so bad. The only person that laughed was my dad in the crowd. And I don't even know why. I think he laughed because it's so bad. Because he erupted and laughed. We're like, ah! 
Alex Riggs for stopping. Yeah. <laughs> right. So you did good, and this was all before you were doing guitar. So what? Well, because this is the thing. Like every, there's always, there's always got some kind of gimmick to their stand up. Right. Um, like you know, like Brent Crusher, he has, he takes his shirt off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, you have a guitar. You're not the only one that has a guitar, but there's not many in Vegas that do. And I think I can name three people that have a guitar, and there's like yeah. hundreds of us that don't, just doing this pure jokes. So you stand out because of that. Was that your intention all along when you decided to pick up a guitar to do comedy, or what was it? Good question, Johnny. Um, I, uh, I it was always easy for me to. Uh, talk while playing guitar. Like uh, when I was playing in high school, like I had this ability to be able to walk and make a beat with my footsteps and play and talk and sing at the same time. And I never really thought much of it. I just thought that was, I thought everybody could do that. Um, and then I saw Dimitri Martin uh, when I was in, when I was heavy into my musician phase. And uh, and he blew me away with how he could tell one-liners while playing guitar. And that was like my first ever seeing a guitar comic. That was the first. And I, I loved his style of being able to just spit one-liners, no music, like no singing, just just that. And then when I tried it, um, it killed. People loved it. Everybody encouraged me to keep doing it. Like they're like, that is you, that's your, that's your thing. Like, cause that's what I did. I just told one-liners. And I played very romantic chords. It's not like what I do now. Like I was playing um, here. I'll, I'll just I'll just play it. Yeah, here you go, exclusive, only on the podcast. All right. So this is what I sounded like when I first started telling stand up. So, <laughs> uh, let me show you guys what I'm gonna do now. <laughs> yeah. So it was really mellow. So like I would put like people into a trance and I would give big laughs. And then like one time it bombed really bad in front of a girl that I I was dating too, who was also a comic. And um, it bombed so bad, like she lost all respect for me as a comedian after that. And then we we broke up shortly after that too. But the when I bombed, the host. Um, he told me, he's like, hey man, why don't you try doing more upbeat chords? <laughs> like, try doing something like, you know, more entertaining. I was like, hmm, alright, well, I'll accept any information now that I just ate shit. <laughs> so then, like, so then I started playing Earth, Wind, and Fire chords after some of my jokes, which you've heard, as this, it sounds like this. So yeah, so I would do that to like keep the, because like my vibe when I talk is like very chill. So, but like the guitar makes it seem like I have more energy, more play. Yeah, and that's yeah. When you mention that, definitely, because it's like I'm talking, talking, talking. Ooh, here's a little because I have a big guitar. Yeah. On a roller coaster with them. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's um, I forget what your original question was, but um, I hope that answered. <laughs> nah, don't worry. We'll probably we'll go back to it. Don't worry. Right. So, um, so so basically, you were inspired by another comedian, and like, let me do it. Let me just try it. That was the, the theory behind it, right? Yeah, I just thought I would try it, and uh, and it, 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 it yeah. 
like I said, they crushed, and I got encouraged to keep doing it, right? And then you kept doing it. Been, how long have you been doing, like, like how long were you doing standard without the guitar until you decided, let me throw this into the mix? Um, I did my first show at the comedy store for that uh, comedy class. So I think like a few months later was me using the guitar. Okay, so very early in the career. And then you just yeah. kept using it ever since then? Or would it been like, oh, I'm not going to use this week, I'm not going to use this month or whatever? I would say probably like my fourth year in the comedy, third, fourth, I started having like this, this, uh, uh, insecurity about the guitar where I was just like, you know, I, I started getting like a lot of backlash from it from other comedians. Um, one comic uh, even told me like, I'll never get booked by a headliner because I use a guitar. Like, you, like people started like trying to convince me not to use it. And <laughs> and then people, some people even went as far as to say that I wasn't even funny without the guitar. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to prove to myself and all these motherfuckers I am funny even without the guitar. So I spent almost my whole fourth or fifth year in comedy just like barely ever using the guitar at all. Like, if they book me for a show and they ask for the guitar, I will use it. But a lot of bookers got disappointed that I wasn't using the guitar for a while. And I got I got stronger and I found my voice better that way. I got more timing, my timing down, and so I felt I felt really good about not using the guitar. And then when I hosted a lot of shows, like. I was known as like one of the main hosts in LA because I was hosting all these open mics and people booking to host their shows. So I got pretty comfortable not using guitar for that as well. So I developed doing pure stand-up my whole career. But um, that one year, I really concentrated on not doing it. It was That was for me, just to prove to myself. So like now, uh, like if I don't want to use a guitar, I'm... I'm totally secure and not using it. And I've proved to myself that I can crush without it. And, uh, but I want to give the audience something different in a show. So that's why I like to use it. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely different. You're the only one that has a guitar in most of these acts, most of these showcases here. Like, mm -hmm. you know? Because there's only like three people I know that have a guitar. And they're never all booked on the same place either. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so safe to assume then you pretty much used your guitar from early, early on until that fourth year when you took a break. Yeah. Because someone basically shit on you. But it ended up like fueling you, motivating you more like, no, I can do it without it. And then you got better without the guitar. So then why did you bring it back? What made you like, you know, bring the guitar back? Because obviously you're like, I don't need it. Uh, why did I bring it back? Well... It never totally went away because I still used it like, you know, here and there, you know. But uh, I would bring it back for certain shows. And then, like, people just started telling me, like, like veterans, like, kinds of me, and they're like, look, we get that you want to, like, not use a guitar for whatever, you know, just to work on your jokes, which I was. But they're like, that's you. That's that's your thing. You You... The guitar brings out something in you that makes you like more of like a character or charismatic or whatever that they didn't see in me when I wasn't using the guitar. They're like, just use that because that it, it, it they're right. When I do use the guitar, it gives me like a different like I don't know. It brings something out of me that's like more confident and charismatic that I don't normally bring out of myself without it. Um, 
So I don't want it to come off as like in the wrong way then, but is the guitar like a little bit like a... You say crutch? A little bit like a crutch, but I was looking like, like for me personally, I know I can do better on stage when I've had at least one beer. So mm -hmm. maybe that's a crutch for me or an addiction, I don't know. But the point is, I know something that helps me be, feel better. So is that not the guitar for you then? I mean, at, well, yeah, at one point it was a crutch. You know, my first few years, I definitely relied on it to be funny because I, I wasn't that funny without it. I was just okay. I was still sounding, I sounded like a rookie comic my first few years. Um, uh, but like, I will say the last two, three years that I've developed with and without it, um, it's definitely not a crutch anymore. Now it's just like a choice. That's what I would say it is. So, um, it's more like a treat to the audience, like, hey, I'm gonna bring the guitar out tonight, you know, kind of like that. Yeah, but now that I'm, uh, now that I'm here in Vegas, like, I don't feel as judged as I did in LA. Um, in LA, like, everybody's like, I don't know, it just felt more judgy, like, oh, you're you're a guitar comic, you're a hack, or whatever. But like, out here, it's like, I feel like um, people accept you for being an entertainer. I mean, we are an entertainer. You know, yeah. like, there's people on Fremont. You've seen the people what they do on Fremont for entertainment. You know, if we're not judging them, we're not gonna judge you with the guitar. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah, one of those yeah. people who work at those hanging from a pole places. I am one of those people that work on Fremont at the Hanging Challenge, and <laughs> uh, we say a lot of happy shit there, and we do it for them dollars. And you guys get them dollars, so I can't be talking shit. Yeah, we're pulling a few grand a day sometimes. So, yeah, I don't get to see all that. Don't, don't come calling me. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I mean, I, I, yeah, that's cool. I've seen, I think I've only seen you maybe do one show at an open mic without your guitar. Because um, I know you said, like, I don't want to do a guitar tonight. I just yeah. want my jokes. And it is a little bit different, mainly because I've seen you only with a guitar. So the first time, like, oh, it's my guitar. I'm, in my head, I'm thinking, where's the, where's the guitar? Like, <laughs> yeah. you, do, you do a joke, and I'm thinking, in my head, I'm like, going, ooh, you know? <laughs> I know, I get that disappointed feeling from people that have seen the guitar and when they see me without it, it's like, oh. But like, I had such a good response in one of my first shows here without the guitar. People were tipping me, uh, girls were twerking in front of me, like I made an extra hundred bucks off tips just from crushing a 10 minute guest spot with no guitar. And I was like, all right. Imagine if I had it. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool, that's cool, that's awesome, man. But sometimes, like, venues don't have a mic stand. Mm -hmm. And so, when that happens, um, I've done it to where, like, I'll just not use a guitar, or I'll have a guitar with me, but I'll make somebody hold the microphone in front of my face for a one-liner <laughs> guitar joke. And I'll be like, all right, great, give me the mic back, and I'll put the guitar down, and then I'll just bring them back up and down throughout my set. And, and I'll make fun of them while I'm fucking... Have them hold it. Use my use. Yeah, I mean, that's that. That's creative, you know. Yeah. You, you made another character. You know, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, I, so you, you did the guitar. You left the guitar. You you never like you never left it, and you bring it back. You or the guitar, you can do with or without it. What? Because uh, I think you told me um, that Craig Robinson. You saw Craig Robinson with the piano, and that was also kind of inspiring. Because I think he said something to you about that. Uh, yeah, so after one of our first nights where I was opening up for him, he, uh, he was having a conversation with, uh, another female comic, and she was saying how she started off a guitar comic, and then all her 
comedian friends kind of like made fun of her to the point where she stopped. And so he was all like, he, he was all like, well, Amir, why do you do guitar comedy? And I was like, because I'm fucking good at it. <laughs> I'm funny. And he was all like, he's like, he's like, I wouldn't be where I'm at if I didn't use a keyboard straight up. He's like, the keyboard makes me what I am. And I and I like I like what I do, and I was like, hey, I was like, well said, and I was like, that gives me inspiration because I was I had gone through that insecurity of you know like we talked about where I just didn't think maybe I, maybe I shouldn't use it, but hey, Craig Robinson vouches for being a keyboard comic, and he's a fucking brilliant keyboard comic. Dude, he, he yeah is. I know what you're trying to say. Like, I can't put it to words. You see him play guitar. He plays guitar elegantly. Not just, like, chops it, but he plays guitar. Just like you play, or play, he plays piano. There just like you actually play guitar. It's not, yeah. I know a few chords. I know a few lines. No, I can play it. Yeah, he can really play. Like, he can play the theme to the office. He could play, he, he runs through probably, like, 100 different songs, cover songs that you've heard of, like, throughout his set. And then, like, he'll get people singing it and stuff. Yeah, he's like a very talented musician, and so am I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, you. that's a great thing to have, because I know what you're saying. Like, I've heard it from other LA comics. Like, it's very competitive out there. Um, you know, people trying to find some way to get a leg over you, and then telling you, like, hey, don't do the guitar, you know? They're probably, I don't know, but they might be thinking, like, no, he's good with the guitar. I need to be better. I'll tell him not to use the guitar. Now I'm going to go over because he's going to, whatever. You, no, it didn't work that way. You like, I'm I've gotten to the point now where people can't tell me shit. Because, like, I look at comedy as, like, anybody that tells you how to do comedy, it's like them telling you how to fuck. You know, it's like, I'm not going to come in the bedroom and tell you how to fuck. You fuck the way you want to fuck, Tommy. I will. Missionary. Yeah. <laughs> me, I'm the father. <laughs> Still getting <laughs> First of all, I'm insulted that you said don't steal it because I will never steal something. I was talking to the camera. I don't think your audience would steal that joke. You don't know that. I got one fan out there. I know it. Oh, my God. You know, I forgot to cover because the point of the podcast, I haven't done an episode in a while. But the point of the podcast is for new comics. Anyone who's thinking about doing comedy and just want to hear how he got started, you know, tips or advice. Because when I got started, I didn't know nothing. Yeah, me either. Um, I went in blind to just jump in the frying pan. You'll figure it out as you go. Uh, If if you're listening to this podcast, uh, my advice is to jump into open mics or jump into uh, a show and be a part of the team and get on stage. Just do it. And if you got some kind of gimmick or your guitar or whatever, should they, do you think they should use it from the very beginning, or should they ease into it? Because you had some classes before you just jumped in there. Yeah, I, I got some joke writing classes, and uh, you know how to do stand-up classes to get my feet wet, because I, I just didn't know any better. I didn't know any differently. Like, if, if I met another comedian and he told me to just go to open mics, I probably would have just done that. But, you know, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, um, do what's the easiest thing for you. That's that's my advice. So, if taking class is easy for you, cool. If 
going to open mics or going to shows or just go watch live stand up. That's the best way to get started. Like just watch uh, open mic comedy and watch professionals. See, because you want to see a really bad comedy. You want to see how bad it. You want to see how bad what it, not to do. How bad it can get. Yeah, it can be really bad. And but and you also want to see the pros. So you you get like a an idea that one that yeah you it's something you need to work at, but also. That you're gonna not be that good when you first start, and but you can grow into something amazing. Yeah, definitely. Because I know, um, I definitely, me especially, since I'm new, and I've seen you have some bad nights. So it's not even necessarily that it's you having a bad night. Audience isn't listening, paying attention, whatever. But that still hurts. Like, like no one's listening. Uh, I tried this new yeah. joke. I thought we'd get more laughs. But yeah, I mean, not every crowd is gonna embrace you and love your your set. So sometimes you just gotta like. It. Take it on the chin and just kick it through it. <laughs> back the next night, next week. Yeah. You know, you can't win everything. You would like to like be a beast on every show, but I've seen even the best of the best not have good shows sometimes. So mm-hmm. it's, it happens. Yep, very true. I've seen plenty of you guys um, do feature headlines, and sometimes it's a little different than the others. Sometimes mm-hmm. it takes a little to kick in the energy. Uh, just because I've seen it enough times where I'm like, nah, I usually just. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're all human, man. Like you're gonna have nights where you're on, and like every you're in a flow state, and everything just hits. And then there's sometimes you're just tired, or you got bad news, or somebody died, and or you just feel like you had diarrhea all day, or but you fucked too much the night before, you know. Mm-hmm. You're not a, there's, there's something too much missionary. Too much, man. Couldn't bring it. So back to the question about the gimmick though, like if you if you like it, if or like if somebody else wants like I want to be a guitar comic, should they do it right away with the guitar or should they hold off on it a little bit? I think they should really ask themselves uh, some questions like um, is guitar comedy something that you're passionate about? Like is that the route that you want to stay on? Uh, do you want to develop into like? The type of guitar comic that sings funny songs, or do you want to be the one-liner type guy, like kind of like what I do, um, or or is that just like something that you just want to dabble in, so you can just have that as a side skill? So like, think about who your favorite comedian is, and do you want to emulate their style or be anything like them? And, Picture, try to imagine where you want to be in five years down the line from doing stand-up comedy because you might write a great guitar comedy song or keyboard or whatever, but do you want to play that for the next five to ten years or whatever? Or are you going to write a lot of them? So I mean, these are all questions you got to ask yourself when getting into comedy. Like, what kind of style do you want to have? And sometimes your answer will be like, I don't know. Like, I, I had no idea what I was doing for, like, my first couple of years. But then, after a while, you just kind of, like, start to under, figure out yourself and your voice more. So, yeah. okay, so time will tell, then, basically. Yeah. It's very true. It's very true. So, now, you've been doing comedy for, like, 10 years, right? Something like that? Somewhere around 7 or 8. Oh, okay. Yeah. 7 or 8. Do you see yourself ever going away from the guitar completely? Or will it always be the same? Just to be like a one night only kind of thing. I think the guitar will always be around with me. I would like to be considered like the Jimi Hendrix of comedy at some point. You know, like Jimi was like my 
uh, idol as a kid. Like I had posters all over my my bedroom of this guy, and, and black guitar players in general were just like people I always idolized. And so if I can bring that type of black guitar rock star element to uh, comedy, then that would be my gift to comedy, you know. And then if people want to hire me to not use it, cool. Like when I do acting. I don't need the guitar for that, you know. Uh, and if I'm hosting, I don't really use the guitar except for maybe like in the middle here and there. But yeah, man, uh, I'm versatile. Hire me. We're gonna do a plug. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So you want to be the Jimi Hendrix of comedy? Yeah. I kind of see you more like Lenny Kravitz, but you <laughs> so. All right. Kudos. Yes. I like Lenny. I, I look up to Lenny. So the last question for the podcast, um, and I think you kind of already covered it, but if you got something else to say, for any new comic just ready to get started, is there any advice that you wish you could have told yourself that you want to tell them now? Like that. Oh, wow, that's a heavy question. That's good, too. Any advice that I wish I had? Just pass it on to them. And pass it on to them. Um, um, let's see. I don't really have much regrets when it comes to comedy, but uh, I would say um, I would say watch a lot of stand-up and try to under, understand it to where you can write and be clever, you know. Because uh, uh, when we a lot of us start when we are pretty hacky, but um, and sometimes it takes another comic to tell you that you're hacky to like to like be like oh shit I didn't even know <laughs> like like because because I didn't think I was but then then you realize yeah when you tell a lot of dick and pussy jokes over and over yeah you might be a little hacky um, so dig deeper uh, try to write try to write if you have like a dirty really dirty joke this is I think this is great advice this is what somebody gave me. Let's say it's really dirty. It's all about dicks and pussies and stuff like that. Um, find a way to say that joke without saying the curse words. Make them think it without actually saying it. And if you could do that, then you may have a really clever fucking joke on your hands. I'm, I can't even imagine. Like, I'm trying to, like, how do... It's kind of hard. So, yeah, you got to be really clever about your work because it is about how you deliver it. Everybody does to do pussy, dick jokes, fucking, to do a joke and then someone be like, oh shit, you're talking about fucking. <laughs> yeah, especially with my set. Most of my jokes are about fucking and dicks. <laughs> hey, maybe you should listen to that advice. <laughs> yeah. I have. I don't say dick, but I do say fucking. It's true. It's true. <laughs> uh, you know, since I have you, uh, I have a question. I want to hear jokes. Um, yes, you can open for me. Jesus Christ. No, I don't think you're ready for this. It's a big ploy. No, I'm kidding. Uh, No, so you do the you do the you do the mixtape joke, right? And you throw out a number. Uh huh. You ever throw out that number? I'm not gonna sixty-nine number. They're like, I think you got sixty-eight and sixty-seven. Yeah. Do you ever throw out the sixty-nine? No. On purpose, like you. Yeah, on purpose. To get people thinking, like, ooh, it's better to sixty-nine. And then she's like, nah. No, I don't want to give it to him. Gotcha. I think there's funnier numbers than. 69. I think it, I think the first time I heard it, I'm like, 
I'll let you know if I'm 68. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's one away from 69. Damn. He can't wait. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Maybe that could be a tag that he used to have. Josh, thanks. Hey, you know what, buddy? I think that's the second one I poked you with, bro. Now, you have hooked me up with a couple tags, man. I, I, I know, right? I should just be a ghostwriter. You could be, bro. You could write for the greats, I believe. <laughs> you could. I, I mean, you know, like, you say, like, Writing jokes is a 90% failure rate. And so, you know, 94% for you? Uh, like. 93 this last one. <laughs> <laughs> such a dick, dude. Such a dick. I gave him a spot on my podcast, which gets like, I'm like, I'm like, I got 10 views in like Australia or some shit. Okay, bro? Okay? Great. So we're going on tour to Australia. No, I'm going to go on tour. I'll leave you guys behind me. God, I'm going this fucking. No, I need to be there to, to like destroy your spirit. So <laughs> keep you humble. That's what I'm here for. Who's gonna keep you humble? Eh, Craig Robinson. If you're out there, if you happen to listen to this episode, can you tell him he's not that great? Just tell him, like, I need someone that's above him right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, my success level tells me where I'm at right now. So. I mean, uh, you're, I mean, you're killing it. You know, you moved to a whole new place in Vegas. Um, you're you're getting hosting spots at the LA Comedy Club. You get you know shows, headlining feature shows all over here. Um, it's kind of like you've been here for a while now already. You know, you're like almost like I said, almost like you've been here years. You get the regular spots everybody else does. Uh, I like to think I paid my dues in LA for a long enough time, and I'm funny, and I deserve it. And uh, and I'm cool with people. Like I'm not annoying when I go meet other comedians. Like except when you put them down like me. <laughs> I think that just makes up a friendship. Yeah, we're friends, so that's what friends do. They shit in each other's mouths. That is true. I do. I do tell you they suck sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. So like like I said, I don't like to keep these podcasts too long. Uh, this is your time to shine right now. Like, do you have any? Shows, podcasts, Instagram, anything you want to throw out to the people right now that you do. You do a lot. Um, yeah, uh, follow me on social media uh, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, A Miracle Comedian. All right? It's one word, it's about this big. All right? Use that, type it in, look at the link. Um, I'm in Vegas, sometimes Arizona, uh, and LA. So uh, please stay in touch and come support my live shows. I used to have a website, but that shit got expensive, so I let it go. And uh, um, I put out music too, so check out, if you like funny, dirty, romantic music, dirty romance songs, that's what I love to do, like really filthy love songs. Uh, please check out my music, Amir the Miracle, it's on iTunes and like every platform that you can find music on. If you really want to get like a deep dive into the miracle experience, uh, look up the sweet, sweet laxatives. <laughs> the sweet, sweet laxatives. Yeah, that was my one of my first bands that I got to be. I created it because I was the lead singer, and we wrote some really shitty songs. Sweet, sweet laxatives. Sweet, sweet songs. I wonder why. Yeah, we dropped bombs, bro. Oh, man. We had songs about eating pussy. We had songs about shitting on bitches. I mean, 
it was just crude humor up the ass, but I'm gonna I'm gonna have to look this up. I'm curious now. This is before I became a stand-up comic. This is what led to me quitting my music career. Because the sweet sweet laxative did not make it big. I feel like the sweet sweet laxative probably could make it now with the mirror the comedian. <laughs> yeah, right? I think we could, because like back then I that was what I had my dreadlocks back then. And they were long, and I was fucking sexy, and I was I was on my rock star shit, and I was funny. And then I quit, man. And then I just grew up my dreadlocks. I started growing, growing my dreadlocks again like two years ago because I just I said fuck it. I want to piss off my girlfriend, and uh, and so, but also, uh, just I love dreadlocks. It's just it's the look I've always embraced, even though I'm half Arab. I don't give a shit. I got them corn looking dreadlocks. Little class, it's a little class run. A little class? A little, dude. I'm not gonna lie, you're dreadlocks. Don't know what you went to a bar. Where'd you go to barber today? Where'd you go? Where'd you go? Alright, quick plug, sports <laughs> clips, where girls will give you shitty haircuts and great massages. Maybe I'll sponsor us. Alright, well, uh, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me, John. It's a pleasure. Anybody watching this, uh, thanks for watching it. Uh, like the video, subscribe to his YouTube channel. I'll have all the links. Um, oh yeah, definitely catch his uh, his uh, serenade the hoes. Oh yeah, serenade uh, people around town. I'm the camera guy. He's fucking camera guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, check it out. All the links will be in the description.